Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So this week, Beth from Babbling Blonde is back on the show. And if you've been listening since the beginning, you'll remember her from episode 19. Or if you are a member of the exclusive community, you're going to recognize her as one of my stepmom contributors. Now, if for some reason you're not familiar with Beth, you're about to become familiar. And honestly, you are going to want to thank me for it. Beth and I connected on Instagram about a year and a half ago, and she quickly became one of my favorite stepmoms in the online space. She refers to herself as a queer stepmom raising a fun, feisty redhead with two other moms and a stepdad. In this episode, we dive into all things LGBTQ, stepmom life, moving to a small town where the ex grew up, and we also dish out some major life advice that is applicable to all. Now, before we dive into this episode, if you could take a quick second and share this out on social media and tag both Babbling Blonde and Jamie Scrimger, aka me, we would love to see who is listening so that we can say hi. And if you love this podcast and haven't already, please take a quick second and head to iTunes and give this podcast a rating and a review. Straight up, these reviews are gold for me. They help us get into more ears and most importantly, continue to open up the conversation about blended family life and debunk the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. Alrighty, thank you so much. Now let's dive in. Beth, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for having me back. I am so excited to have you back. I love chatting with you. I feel like we do a lot of offline chatting and I'm like, I feel like the recorder should be on right now. We should be recording these conversations for this community. Yes, I absolutely agree. Amazing. Okay. So let's just dive right in here. I gave a little bit of an intro before we popped on together, but Mm -hmm. for those who aren't familiar, can you share a little bit about yourself, your story and how you became a stepmom? Yeah, sure. Um, So I live in Northwestern Pennsylvania now. So just below Lake Erie, but I grew up in West Virginia in a super tiny town and um, I won't go too far backwards, but I I got moved for work to um, a big energy company in Pittsburgh. And that is where I met my now wife. Um, We worked on the same floor. And so we interacted with each other a lot in department meetings and we started around the same time and we became instant best friends. And we were besties probably for about a a year. And we were both in long-term relationships. I was with a guy at the time and she was with her ex who she has a daughter with. And um, so we had a super strong friendship. We did, we did group stuff a lot. And then it, it was a situation where we were both there for each other when we ended up splitting from those relationships. And, um, through all of that, we actually got into a fight. Um, we had an argument and I don't even remember now what it was about, but we didn't talk for a couple of days. And I remember one day I was in the shower getting ready for work and I was so upset that she and I were fighting that I started crying. And I was like, Oh my God, I think I love her. (laughs) Um, and so 
that was kind of where it all started. And we we developed a romantic relationship from there when I actually realized my own feelings and um, it springboarded to me coming to terms with the fact that I was bi and also potentially getting into a relationship with someone who has a child. Yeah. Okay. What, uh, I always talk about my life being a huge change, but that was a huge change for you. So you were straight before you did not have any same sex relationships up to that point. Yeah. I mean, I thought I was straight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So were you in the shower and all of a sudden realized, I think I might be gay. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it's, it's an entirely different scenario than it is for a lot of people. And I think that, um, especially I talk to my wife about this all the time because she, she, I, she's one of those people who knew exactly who she was from when she was, she was young. She realized that she was a so-called different or that she was gay and that she only romantically liked women. I, on the other hand, when I was growing up, uh, because I'm bi, that means I have the capacity to be attracted to any gender. And where I grew up, I didn't see LGBT people around me. It was super sheltered. I didn't see them in books, on TV. Nobody in my family talked about it. And I also like men and I dated guys and I didn't feel like anything was lacking. Um, So I didn't have any kind of pause to figure out like, oh, is there something different about me? And I didn't see my type around me either, which is not a feminine woman. It's, It's like left of center, I guess. Um, cause I don't want to date anybody who is going to steal my lipstick, um, <laughs> <laughs> or my heels. And, um, and so I, I hadn't ever met anybody like her. So it took, it, it took an interaction like that for me to realize that the feelings I had for her had the capacity to be something else because I didn't know I had that inside me, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when you told her about these feelings, had she had these feelings all along? Yes, she had. And I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't, awesome. I don't know when the turning point was for her, but, um, you know, when, when the, when the two of us were available, right. It, it's, it started, it was like that for her, but she didn't think that it could ever be like that for me. So she never pushed it in any way. And so, um, when, when she realized that I was kind of all messed up because I was falling for her and had, ju- it had just clicked, like it, she could tell what was going on. and was like, Oh, there's my in, like, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. And you two are <laughs> hilarious together. You do. Do you still do your lives on Wednesday nights? Um, so we, we stopped for a while and that was mostly because our custody schedule changed a little bit. And so, um, it was, I don't want to say laziness on my part, but we, when, when schedules change, it's kind of hard to carve out another space to do that again, but I've had enough people want a revival that I think that we should probably pick it back up. Yeah, for sure. And for everyone listening, I'm going to link Beth's Facebook page here, her and her wife go live and what is it? Wine with wives. Yes. Yes. And it's so funny. They're hilarious together. So um, yeah, I will link that for you guys. Now tell me about your step family dynamic now. So you're, she was, she's always been gay. So she had, you know, a female partner beforehand and they Mm -hmm. had adopted your stepdaughter together. Mm -hmm. And tell me how that all kind of transpired. What's your step family dynamic like now? Yeah. So, um, when, when they split and my wife worked down in Pittsburgh. And so when we got an apartment, she was, she got an apartment closer to Pittsburgh because my stepdaughter wasn't yet old enough for school. And so it was easy to kind of 
do the swapping because she didn't have to be in the same place all the time to go to kindergarten. Um, but when she started school, my wife and I bought a house in um, this super tiny town because that seems to be where I always end up. But um, it's actually the town that my wife's ex grew up in. And that's where they had put down roots. And that's where my stepdaughter Mia was going to school. So we we moved up here. We bought a house. Um, there aren't a ton of options. So of, of course, the house is like less than a five minute drive um, from her other home. And then in December, Mia's other mom got engaged. And so she and her now fiance, who is a guy, bought a new house together and he has a four year old daughter. So that's what the other house looks like. Yeah. And so we talked a little bit about that in a podcast episode that we did about a year ago. So I will Mm -hmm. link that for everyone as well. But let's touch a little bit on what that was like for you moving to that town, because, you know, you've just become like you've just started a relationship with a woman, which you're not used to, and she has a kid, and then you move to the small town where the ex-wife is. Like, that is a lot. (laughs) A super lot. And, you know, in in a town this small and being, like, the the blended LGBT family with the redheaded daughter, like, we stand out a little bit. Like, everybody knows who we are. Um, There's not much hiding because there aren't a lot of families who look like ours. There there weren't when when they were together and they had Mia because there there just aren't that many LGBT couples in the area. And so um, it it, it was a scenario where everybody had an idea in their head. Everybody knew who we were. I um, didn't know anyone. And so I, I was walking around trying to figure out like who could be my friend and who couldn't um, had, trying to figure out how to meet people because I also work at home and, and trying to find spaces where like my wife and I could have a beer together outside of our home and not have to worry about if the person at the table next to us is going to hear us like venting about something and then go and tell somebody else and then everything's going to blow up. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard to find your place when you don't have that support system outside of your partner. Yeah, it's kind of isolating. And it took a long time um, for me to stop giving a shit, like who likes me and who doesn't and just being myself all the time, no matter where I am. Yeah. And I love that you just said that because I really do think that the big transformation for a lot of stepmoms happens when they decide to stop giving a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like maybe maybe that should just be the end. Just stop giving a shit. There is your your game-changing piece of advice, but you know, you really do have to focus on yourself and doing your own thing and what feels right for you, and I think that really that really is the key. Yeah, and I think it it, it was a double whammy for me, right? Because I also being with my wife, I, I was coming out at the same time. And so I was also dealing with maybe people leaving my life because they didn't support that. So I really hit like this, this moment where I had to just make a decision to just shed anyone who wasn't being supportive of me in either capacity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you're not going through a huge transformation in life, I think that's a huge take home for people. You really do need to shed people who aren't supporting you and who don't make you feel like the best version of yourself or don't make you feel safe. And I do think that's actually another huge, you know, pivotal moment for anyone in life, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you, you're going to walk around on eggshells forever if that's how you feel. Yeah. And that's really no way to live your life. Now, do you think that there are any extra challenges that come with being a stepmom in a same sex relationship? Like specifically when it comes to like your stepdaughter has th- technically has three moms and mm-hmm. You know, 
I know for stepmoms and moms, often they feel like they may be in competition trying to, you know, be the motherly figure and all of those things. What did that look like for you? Because there were already two moms in the picture. Yeah, it's been really interesting for us because I I think I had a benefit and also an added challenge. The benefit was that Jen's ex was already accustomed to sharing her daughter with another woman. So there wasn't an aspect of like any kind of gender competition there. There wasn't a, a specific mother role that she felt was being like her toes were being stepped on by me in this house because Mia already had a mom in both houses. The drawback for that was I, it was really, really challenging for me in the beginning to find my place because I wasn't filling a role in a house that was absent, that had that role absent. Mia already had a mom in both houses. So it wasn't kind of some kind of like maternal motherly thing that I was, I was filling in a home. And so I had to build my relationship with her and our da- our dynamic in the house based on my personality type and less on what I was supposed to do as a mom. So it, we had to figure out like what Jen was better at, what, what I was better at, what Mia preferred to do with me versus her. And it had to be really based around the kind of relationship I was building with Mia and less around what kind of like tasks were being left abandoned in the home. Yeah. And you know what? You, that's a good point. I had never thought about it that way. You didn't have to fill a role that was empty. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of stepmoms feel like they have to come in and they have to take on the motherly responsibilities and fill those shoes when you didn't have that pressure. Yeah. And I mean, we. it's funny because so even though we're both women, Jen and I do kind of take on some gender roles. Like I, I won't take the trash out at all. Um, and so she does take on a lot of like the masculine stuff in the house. I, she can't cook. So I do most of that, but when it comes down to like, you know, I hear a lot of stepmoms talking about how they, they bond with their stepkids through like girl talk and things like that, that only, only a woman can have a conversation with their, with the child about in that house that, that was already there. So I had to find a different way to create like special conversations and bonds with Mia. Mm -hmm. And that, so based on you as a person, not you mm-hmm. filling a role. Exactly. I love that. And I think actually that's something that stepmoms should focus on anyway. If we focus less on the role that we're filling and more on just building that relationship, I think a lot of the challenges could be mitigated. Yeah. And I think, um, and, and as far as co-parenting goes, my biggest challenge, especially with three women is, is trying to balance and I don't think it's unique to me. I think it's all stepmoms is trying to balance my level of involvement that does not feel threatening to her other mom in the way that she, that I make it seem like she can't handle things. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm an extra person that's trying to help, not saying like I'm stepping in because clearly you can't do this. Yeah. And I think that that's key too, is making sure that that's the way it comes across in all situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how is that relationship? Like, has it been a challenge or is it just easygoing? Um, it's, it's up and down, you know, I think we've, we've got to figure it out at this point for the most part, but as soon as you think you've got to figure out things change, right? I mean, as, especially as kids grow up, you hit different phases. Um, yeah, I was thinking about just a year ago and depending on Mia's age and the activities she's involved in, we all had to interact a lot. And, um, right now we're going through a quiet period where we don't have to interact a lot. And we do like handoffs at school, we had a lot of 
money ties to, together still from from Jen's separation. And so there was a lot of conflict around that. And um, that has since been severed. So like everybody has finally walked away with all of the dollars and cents that they were supposed to have from their separation. And there's there's nothing to fight about there. And so things are relatively quiet. Um, but sometimes that leaves me wondering when the other shoe is going to drop. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and that's no, not saying anything, offend, like no offense to anyone in those situations. That's just the reality of co-parenting and blended family life, right? Like yes. there are ebbs and there are flows and you ride it out when it's good. But I think it's important to always know that something will inevitably come up as the kids go into different phases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was a huge transition for us when Mia's other mom began dating a guy, well, not even just when she began dating him, but when they got serious and bought a house together. And then there was an, also another like a step um, sibling involved. And and that was, you know, there was a minute where that was really hard for my wife because she never, just as um, a mom never expects to have to share their kid with another mom in, in straight families. In our family scenario, my wife never expected to have to share her child with a guy. Yeah, no, that's true. And also for them to have a another little person to, you know, form that relationship as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's constantly new factors that keep being worked into the equation. And then you have to you have to sort the dynamic out from the beginning and, and figure out how to incorporate these new people all over again. Yeah. And I think the key there is just to be flexible too, right? And realize, I think we get used to when things are, you know, as you said, in a quiet period, we get used to it and we're like, this is how it is. This is how it's going to be. But things inevitably change and you need to be able to pivot. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This podcast is brought to you by my ebook, 101 Ways to Be a Kick-Ass Stepmom. From how to navigate your relationship with your husband's ex-wife, to how to stop feeling insecure about being the second wife, to what to say when your stepkids say, I don't have to listen to you, you're not my mom, to how to introduce an R's baby into your blended family crew, to how to minimize conflict even when the ex seems to thrive off it, to how to get on the same page with your husband about all the things, and so much more. This ebook shares my top 101 tips, strategies, and mindset shifts for stepmoms who are ready to live a kick-ass life. To check it out, head to www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash ebook. Okay, so question for you, and I have been wanting to ask you this for a while. So in your content, you refer to yourself as a queer stepmom. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I heard you say queer, I was like, oh my gosh, like, is, is she supposed to say it like that? Is I, In my world, I thought that that might not be the right terminology. But to be honest, I don't know the right language. And I'm a bit naive in that sense. But what's offensive and what's not? Like, obviously, you say queer stepmom, and that's obviously a a word that is appropriate to use, but I guess that's just a question for me in terms of like how to navigate these conversations without being offensive. Cause honestly, I do feel like in this day and age, sometimes you don't know what you can say and what mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's tough for me to give a blanket response because what doesn't offend me might somebody else and vice versa. But the way I see it is it's all about intention. So regardless of what words you're using, if the intent is not to hurt someone to hurt somebody else's feelings or offend them or be derogatory, then then you're never in the wrong. Um, I use the word queer as sort of an umbrella term that kind of covers LGBT because um, it's one syllable. And it's, it's been a word that, um, gosh, even 10 years ago was used as a slur almost like that's queer meant that's stupid. And the same way people used to say that, um, when they associated it with the word gay and it's, so it's been 
within the LGBT community, kind of a way to try to take that word back so that it doesn't feel hurtful anymore. And so it's like, well, if I'm using this word to talk about myself, then you can't use it and hurt me with it. Right. Um, and, and then it's a lot, you know, so th- there's the alphabet soup with the LGBTQ and then, they, and then there, there have been more letters that have been incorporated in over the years. And I use that word like you can you can identify as queer and also be one of those other letters. And it's just an easy way to identify yourself because technically I, I'm the B. Right. And so. But I, I, it's just, it's just like a one word to say, like, I fall within this rainbow within this community. Um, my wife, on the other hand, was in, she was, she was young during the time where, que- where queer was used as a slur. And so she has a difficult time with it. She doesn't get offended if someone uses it, but she still flinches because she's used to someone saying that to her and like, and meaning to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And it's tricky, and right? That that's not a good answer. <laughs> No, but I think it is a good answer, though, because I do think there are people who are very much like you who will say, well, what's the intent behind it, right? Like, what Mm -hmm. is the intent behind the word? And then there's other people who have just attributed such a strong meaning and emotion with a word that they maybe can't have that same experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like a lived-in experience. And and the, the easiest advice I can give somebody is to not assume who somebody else is and just ask them, like, how do you identify and what do you, how do you want me to call you? Mm-hmm. And that's not a question that would be offensive then? No way. Absolutely not. Okay. That's interesting. And I like it. I feel like, I love that there actually is no answer to that question because I think that's very common for a lot of the questions and a lot of the topics that we talk about on this podcast, because there really is no one size fits all approach. So we talk about that with stepmoms all the time. Like there's literally no rule book. There's no reference guide. Like there's nothing, nothing is black and white. You can't tell one person to do one thing that's not going to upset the ex and something that is like, it's, you just really have to navigate it. Yeah. Cause people will say to me, I hate the word stepmom or I hate the word blended family. Yeah. I want to be a bonus mom. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I have no problem with the word stepmom. Like, that's the word. That's the title. (laughs) That's that's what it is. I I don't, I don't find anything wrong with that, but I get messages all the time from women who are like, I hate the word stepmom. And I'm like, well, uh, that's what you are. Like, I don't know what, (laughs) like, we can't change that, but you know, yeah, people love bonus mom. I don't really love bonus mom. Um, a lot of people don't like blended family. You know, stepmom magazine prefers to use step family instead of bonus family or blended family, whatever. Yeah. So there really is no, it depends on your own experience, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think people have to be receptive to understanding that people usually don't have ill will or bad intentions. And so if you have a strong preference and somebody uses the wrong word, just say like, oh yeah, hey, actually I would prefer if you would call me this. Like it's that simple, right? To just be kind to each other. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big thing. I know there have been times on Instagram where I have referred to my stepkids as my stepkids. Mm-hmm. And I had people kind of rip me a new one saying, why would you call them your stepkids? I said, well, they are my stepkids, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what they are. They have a mom, they have a dad and I'm their stepmom. And there's nothing wrong with that. And actually I feel like they feel more comfortable with me calling them my stepkids. And that's what works for our family instead of just assuming that, kids feel a certain way or people feel a certain way. Like we don't know each other's experience. Yeah. There have been times where we're out in public together and we'll meet somebody that we're probably never going to see again. And, and so my wife will just casually be like, yeah, our daughter, blah, blah, blah. And, and later I'll say, you know, you don't have to say 
that I'm, I'm okay with you saying my daughter and, and, and making it clear that I'm her stepmom. Like I'm proud of that. It's not something that I want to hide at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always tricky to figure out what to say in those situations, right? Cause you don't need to have a big, long conversation explaining your family dynamic when other, you also don't want to feel like you're embarrassed about it or there's anything to be ashamed of either. Yeah. It's just one of those complexities. It's like, how, how do you be authentic to yourself when you're talking to strangers who might never see you again? Yeah. And what's your time worth? Cause it could be a long conversation. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. All right. So, you know, what do you think is the most common question or LGBTQ question that you receive from fellow stepmoms? Cause I know you get questions about this type of thing all the time. Yeah. Um, the, the most common scenario I see is either when they're talking about maybe a, a child who's coming out to them in their family, or they're talking about themselves as a, as an LGBT person. And they're, they're seeing it through the lens of someone in their house or two houses has the potential to not be supportive and how to navigate that. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice on how to navigate that? Um, so my biggest advice would be, you have to figure out the difference between what you can fix versus what you can't fix. So what is, and it's, it's the same thing that we tell stepmoms all the time who are dealing with someone who's high conflict or um, someone who is a narcissist or any, any time you're in a scenario where someone just fundamentally doesn't um, jive with you, I guess. And it's like, the only thing that you can focus on is how you treat somebody and what your reaction is. And you can't change the way someone feels about you. So all I can do is tell somebody to approach a situation in a healthy and supportive way and remind them that the way someone's treating you might not necessarily have to do with a a way that you're acting that's bad, but the way that they feel about themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's so true for all areas in life. And, you know, I think the other piece though is it is okay to feel hurt and to feel betrayed too. Like, you know, often as, and I do this all the time and, you know, we give this advice and we're saying, this is how you should react. And remember, it's not about you. It's about them. It's also okay to just be disappointed. Yes. I would never want to diminish the pain that someone is feeling because they're, they're getting a sense of rejection, no matter what the reason is, right? It sucks to be rejected. Mm Mm-hmm. Really sucks. Really, really sucks. Yeah. And because <laughs> it, it, and on, on any level, rejection makes you feel like something's wrong with you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And that's not just for this type of scenario. This is like in all areas of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so I think you have to find a balance between feeling like your feelings are valid and sitting in the pain for a minute and then saying like, okay, I feel this way. I'm allowed to feel this way. It's valid. What am I going to do to help myself get out of this when I know I can't change the other person? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Now, what advice do you have for parents who are struggling with the fact that their kids may be LGBTQ? So I think the biggest struggle, unless it's unless it's religious based, um, a lot of the, the hesitancy people have is around being worried that their child, whether it be their biological child or their stepchild is going to have a hard life because they, um, they're realizing that they're in a minority group. And I think that the most important thing to remind yourself and to show your kids is that they're not abnormal and being really intentional around putting themselves, like putting your kids 
around people who are going to show them support and to show them TV shows and read them books and show them movies with families that have LGBT people in them or LGBT relationships so that the the kids can grow up feeling like they are normal and that the parents can start to realize that it is normal. Mm -hmm. So really education. Yeah. So much education. It's so much of it is. So I don't know what the statistic is offhand, but realistically there is not one person in this world who doesn't know at least has doesn't have a, some kind of relationship with at least one person who's LGBT. You might not know it because the person might be in, in the closet, right? It's a common enough thing that the more we educate ourselves and we start to realize that it's not as, as tiny of a minority group as we have been maybe led to think it is over the past however many decades. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I love that. I think, you know, as time goes on, it is becoming more common and more people are becoming more well-versed in it, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good conversation, you know, especially in schools, the curriculum at school is changing. We're educating kids very early about the differences among people. So yeah, I think educate, I like that answer education for sure. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, I remember, um, you know, I grew up in a step family and I had, gosh, like three different stepdads in my life as I was growing up. And I remember um, the one that was in my life the longest, I think I was in middle school and I was watching I mean, I'd been watching like Will and Grace or something. And he walked through the room and he said something like, why does every, every TV show have to have a gay person on it now? And, you know, that really stuck with me that that was said in such a negative way. Um, because now I sit here and I think like, well, why wouldn't it? Because everybody, everybody knows somebody. So why shouldn't that be represented in every single thing that we read and that we watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good show too. It's such a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So we have a lot of stepmoms in the exclusive community and in our general community as well, who are in same sex relationships after being married to a man Mm -hmm. and the ex struggles with this, right? Because Mm -hmm. they thought that their partner was straight and then all of a sudden their partner is gay or bisexual. So what advice, this just adds a whole other level of complexity to the co-parenting dynamic and divorce and all of that. What's your advice for them in finding their place in this situation? Yeah, God, that's, it's so hard. Um, it's hard, especially when a a person who, so when you're, when you're dealing with an ex, that person is already kind of wired to be skeptical of you and dislike you. And so then if, when you're adding that element to it, um, it's another layer, like more fuel to their fire for how they feel about your dynamic. And I, I would say that, when, when you're looking at every scenario to stop and think to yourself, like, like I said before, is, is this something that is valid? Is the conflict that I'm having with this person valid? Or is this just because they don't like me because I'm gay? Mm -hmm. And when you know the answer to that question, you can figure out how to address the conflict. And, you know, and there are some scenarios where, if, if it's going to be more drama for you to go to an event or be involved in something, um, then it would be for you to just stay home because of how high conflict that person is. That's, that's a decision that you have to make for yourself and for the kid that's involved too. And so like, what's, what's worth that drama and what's not. It's, it's, it's really the same thing that you deal with in any high conflict situation is you have to try to figure out when to, push yourself forward and when to just take a backseat and realize that some things 
can't be changed. Yeah. Is it worth the turmoil? Yes. And especially your, your turmoil, because maybe every time you see that person, you're feeling like you're getting a giant kick in the face because they are rejecting you simply because of your gender. And how, how often do you want to feel that if that's what's going to happen every single time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also the discomfort that it causes the kids. I think a lot of times stepmoms will be like, no, I deserve to be there. I need to do this. I need, I, you know, this is my right. And yeah, for sure. But also, is it worth it? Yeah. And, and a lot of times some I, the kids are getting put in the middle of it because they are probably hearing other negative things about you in the other house that's rooted in that. And so that might affect the, the bond that you're able to build with them because you have to earn their trust um, separately as a person and, and earn their place, your place in their heart a little bit more because they're already extra skeptical of you because you're a a step parent. And now they're going to be because they're like, wait, why is my mom with a girl? Mm-hmm. And, you know, from the other perspective, so say you're the partner whose ex has come out and said like they're going to have a relationship with the other sex. Mm-hmm. I do think that would involve a lot of processing as well, right? Like if Darren said to me right now, I'm leaving and I'm gay. hmm I would have to mourn a lot, mourn the loss of our relationship, but also mourn the loss. It would make me look back on a relationship and question a lot of things. And I I would really have to process that. Yeah, because you're you're also mourning the 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 person who you had in your head that that person was. Right. Yeah. And, And not because now you think that they're a bad person now, but you're like the fundamentals of like what emotions you had for me were real, how many, like what was going on that you felt unfulfilled with and like how it makes you feel like you didn't know somebody at all, right? If you if you find out something that big about them so late in the game. Yeah, it makes me think about the Kardashians. I often think about Kris Jenner, right? So she mm-hmm. was married to Bruce and then Bruce came out as Caitlyn. Mm-hmm. And when I see them sitting down and you know they've had some conversations and stuff on camera and I'm like, how weird is that for her? You know, mm-hmm. that really had to have been such a tough thing for her to grieve and to process mm-hmm. and to move forward from. Yeah. And you have to you have to take some time to try to figure out how happy how happy was this person with me when they were with me? Mm-hmm. That's so it's, true. It's so difficult. And and I think that um, it, there, it's, it's of no fault of the person who's sort of left behind in that dynamic to have some challenges with that because you can have challenges that are about the the death of your relationship while still being supportive that that person is LGBTQ. Yes, that's so true, right? It's not it's about you and your process. Right, like you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You you can have these two feelings can exist together because they don't mean that you're homophobic, right? Just because you're having problems with dealing wrestling with the this person that you thought that you knew better than anybody else in the entire world, you didn't. Yeah, so true, so true. Now you know what I'm so excited about. So we recently announced that you are going to be a contributor, or you actually are a contributor for the exclusive stepmom community, and I love that you are here providing this perspective because, you know, I talk a lot about how there's no one size fits all approach to step family life, and you know, there this is an area that I can't really provide advice in because I haven't walked in those shoes. I don't have that perspective. So can you tell me? A little bit about, you know, your involvement in the community and why you decided to join this, because there's 
three contributors now and you were one of them. And I'm just, I'm just stoked about it. Yeah. I'm really excited too. And I, and I think specifically because of what I, I spend the most time helping people with, um, there's a really, really next level of privacy um, with these kinds of conversations that people are not even going to feel comfortable having in um, a private Facebook group. They aren't going to feel comfortable just blasting that out in a group full of thousands of other stepmoms when maybe part of the problem is they're afraid they're going to be judged or they're afraid that someone's going to say something bad about their kid who's coming out. Like, And there's you can only get so private with those types of conversations in a group that's on social media and the way that you have set the community up to where um, there are kind of like different different like rooms for lack of a better word for people to come in and focus on different conversations we can have a whole separate area for people to talk about this stuff and another element to it is is even there there's conversations and support that i need help with that i don't feel comfortable talking about anywhere else i mean my wife and i are going through fertility right now and i have no other friends in my in my life who can relate to that um on the everyday basis and so literally i i popped into the community the other day and i was like hey we got our iui um done and it didn't take and i'm super bummed and i could just use a hug and like people flocked to be supportive because they had a way to relate to that. And that is not something that I would say or ask for um, on Instagram or on Facebook or on my blog or in any other scenario, because that feels so public. And it's something that I want to have as a conversation just with the people who understand it. Yeah. And that's what I love about the community too, is that it is so private and supportive. Like anyone who's a member truly is in the headspace that they are trying to better themselves or they want to support other people, or they are just looking for tips and strategies and connection and friendship. Like the intentions are so good in this platform and you can go and find the support you need it in these, you know, I love how you said different rooms because again, we're all dealing with, even though a lot of our struggles are the same, they're all very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can, you can pick targeted areas. So if I, if I pop into a a Facebook group, I have to scroll through, you know, dozens of of posts about kids and chores or about the X. And really what I want to talk about is, um, some kind of issue I'm having in my relationship. I, I, in the community, I can go straight to that room and I can find those people right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I love the value that you're bringing to this community because you are so kind, you are so empathetic and you have such great advice that, you know, whether it's in the LGBTQ section or, you know, the the advice that you're providing in there, or just, you know, talking about fertility, talking about all the stuff that we are, we always chat about. You really do provide a lot of, um, really great take home. So I'm so glad that you're a member now and, um, you and Kristen, you're doing some videos together and you guys are providing some content for the group too. So, uh, really pumped about what's to come, but, uh, yeah. So I think that's kind of all I have for you. We will continue this conversation. I'm sure sooner or later I could talk to you for hours, but, um, yeah, so we're going to link all things related to babbling blonde and the link for the community and our podcast episode from last year. Am I forgetting anything? No, I think that covers it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about the community. I'm excited to chat with you again. I'm ready for some virtual wine, all of it. Yes, bring on the wine. Thanks, Beth. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. 
take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you.